0: Welcome to The Automators. I'm David Sparks and joined by Rosemary Orchard. And this is The Automators, where we talk about how to automate your technology to do your work for you. Hello, Rosemary.
1: Hey, David. How are you doing?
0: Uh, This is very exciting for me. Uh, This topic was my idea, but your expertise. Uh, We're doing a whole show about shortcuts add-on apps. You know, this was a thing as Shortcuts started to get some steam where people would make apps that add additional features to Shortcuts. And, you know, you do that with your apps, right? You make an app that, you know, does whatever and you add Shortcuts actions. But some smart developers had the idea of, well, what if I just made an app that added actions even though my app doesn't really do anything else? And Mm -hmm. it's allowing uh, third-party developers to kind of fill in the gaps, the stuff that Shortcuts doesn't do and it seems to me that Apple has a very laissez-faire attitude about it. They're like letting the stuff in that's adding oh. all sorts of features.
1: Yeah. I mean, yes and no. I remember um, Alex Hay, who sadly is no longer with us, when he submitted Notimate to the App Store, yeah. um, It app Review rejected it and said, we don't think there's a market for this app. Uh, to which his response was, well, have, uh, have you looked in my account? There's Toolbox Pro. Yeah. What's the difference? Uh, at which point they decided that it was okay and that they would let him at it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I've I definitely heard plenty of stories from app developers of uh, Apple saying, nah, we don't think that this app will do anything for for users, you know, like, what's the point of this? Um, but at the same time, yeah. you do have great things out there which do just add functionality.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's like, you do get the occasional bozo and app review, but I'm talking about like the actual actions um, as an example, one of the apps we're going to talk about today, Supercharges Reminders, and the Reminders ha- has built-in shortcuts actions, but they're kind of crippled in in several ways. They're, well, maybe I'm over-exaggerating. They're, they're not as good as they could be, whereas you know Toolbox Pro has some really good ones that are better, and Apple doesn't seem to mind that. So um, if you use shortcuts and you run into barriers, a lot of times it's these third-party apps that help you out. And today what we thought we'd do is just kind of survey them talk about some of the the high points you know the list just keeps growing as I was talking here I got thinking well we got to add better touch tool as well because even though it's actually a, a third party app it it is its own form of additional features so mm-hmm. we've got so many here gang we're gonna try and get through as many as we can and talk about them uh, but you know take notes look at the show notes we're gonna have links for everything. But if you've ever wanted to go a little bit further with shortcuts, I think these apps can often be the key that gets you there. So that that's kind of the 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 windup for today's show. And one of the reasons I say that my pal and yours, Rosemary Orchard, is the expert is uh, when Alexei passed uh, Rose and her her gang uh, took over Toolbox Pro, which is one of the premier apps in this space. So Rose definitely has a dog in the fight. I guess we should say that, but. At the same time, I can think of nobody better to continue Alex's great work on Toolbox Pro than than you Rose.
1: Well, thank you, David. It is very important to us that, you know, we we keep um Toolbox Pro, Nautomate, and, and Logger running, you know, as Alex would have wanted. And also, it turned out he had a couple of other apps in there. There's Toolbox Pro 2, there's uh Menu Box uh and so on. Um, and there's some other, you know sneaky shortcut utility apps uh, that he had that we're hoping to, uh, uh, you know, finish, polish off and, and release. Or And uh, there's uh, there's also some which are sort of... You can tell he got started on stuff and had some, some really cool ideas and then put it down to work on something else like Nultimate. Um, and so uh, we're going to see what we can do with those because, you know, they, he uh, contributed a lot to the shortcuts community. So we, we want to make sure that we uh, continue that.
0: Now, a little history here. When shortcuts you know first really got rolling um the, it was very quick that some of these apps showed up i think toolbox pro if it wasn't the first it was one of the very first that showed up in this weird category of apps that had shortcuts actions but not much else um do you know if this was the first one of its kind or uh, i i just hmm. don't uh.
1: i think it may have been the first of its kind yeah um certainly you know there. I remember it being in beta and, and trying it out and going, oh, wow, this is amazing. Like, seriously, yeah. cool. Me
0: like, too. I got in that beta and I'm like, yes, this is exactly what we need, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. Actually, uh,
0: I, actually, I remember getting the beta thinking, oh, boy, I hope Apple lets this through because it's too well, good. Well, that's just to-
1: it. It was, you know, it just like workflow. It was in beta for quite a while. Um, and, you know, so, so, you know, it's one of those things of, are they going to, to, you know, it's let this through. Or are they not going to let this through? Um, and and so on and so forth. So yeah, it's uh, really good that they did let it through in the end because. Yeah, it, it would would be a sad world if we didn't have things like Toolbox Pro because the number of times that somebody wants to do an action like just today, I had uh, something that I was working on, which we'll talk about a little bit in Automators Max because um, I'm, I'm working on uh, OCRing some text. Uh, I need to be able to crop the image manually. I can't automatically crop the image because I don't know exactly uh, where like the, the dividing lines are going to be. And Shortcuts doesn't have, you know, match this image, at least as far as I could tell. So being able to crop the image manually, that's something that I was like, cool, Toolbox Pro. Um, yeah. That Because the, the crop action built into shortcuts does not give you a crop um, where you can like drag the handles around to do this. Um, you could And you could say, Rose, why don't you do this in photos? It's like, well, I need to crop the image anywhere between one and five times. Um, and it needs to be the same image. I don't want to futz around with the duplication and then deleting all of them afterwards. I just want one screenshot and to just go from there. So, uh, yeah, this works better uh, for me. And it's really nice just to see, you know, how many actions are, are there. And then also how many other apps have ended up being inspired by this as well. Because, you know, Toolbox Pro is far from the only app out there that exists to add actions and functionality to shortcuts. Uh,
0: so Snailedit is the company now running Toolbox Pro. And that's great. Uh, one of the questions I have for you as a reporter to an app developer is, uh, is Toolbox Pro coming to the Mac?
1: So Toolbox Pro 1 uh, basically can't come to the Mac. There are so many actions that it just wouldn't be able to support that it 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 would actually be a disservice to people uh, okay. to bring Toolbox Pro 1 to the Mac. That said, Alex Hay was working on Toolbox Pro 2, um, and we are picking up where he left off. We've also got uh, a couple of um, interesting problems that we need to deal with in Toolbox Pro 1 because Apple did not tell us before uh, the apps were transferred that um, basically the way that all of uh, your variables and bookmarks are stored, um, they like when we update the app um, from our developer account, all of those will be reset for people. So we need to figure out like a way to deal with this and hopefully try and help folks recover that data. Because if you're using a folder bookmarks or or a, a ver- global variables in Toolbox Pro, that that's going to be a problem if those go away. Um so yeah we need to figure out how to deal with that but Toolbox Pro 2 hopefully won't have any of those issues at all and it will also be available on the Mac um and as somebody who's been beta testing it, mm-hmm, it it's good it, it's going to solve all of your problems uh i think david and also because uh, apple did a little update a little while ago cause, uh, folks might remember things like uh things um the the app things specifically um you, a lot of folks would end up installing the iPhone app on the iPad so that they could use the shortcuts actions and just have one shortcut that ran like on both the iPad and the iPhone because they had different shortcuts actions. Well, Apple solved that, and they had a really clever way of doing that um, so that you can have um, two apps like, say, OmniFocus 3 and OmniFocus 4 or things for iPad, things for iPhone, and they have the same shortcuts actions. So if you uninstall you know, one of the apps and you install the other, the shortcut actions will continue to work, so we're we're working on making sure that that's going to work for all of the Toolbox Pro One actions that are going to be uh, brought over into Two. So that if you install Two, then fingers crossed, uh, everything will just work. That's that's the hope, anyway.
0: And when we get to a point, you can do a public beta of Toolbox Pro Two. Hopefully, we can announce that on the show for the audience. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, we're not sure at all yet when that's going to be because we want to. Go through this and make sure that we do it right and we don't like you know screw a bunch of stuff up for people but uh yeah wh- when when we get to that i will definitely be announcing it here
0: anyway we've been talking about the politics of it we've been talking about what the app does so let me describe it as someone who's not making it but uses it regularly toolbox pro to me is the app i always go to when i need something better uh, a good example is i'm doing a lot of stuff lately in the max market labs about reminders It's you know reminders just keeps getting so good that a lot of people are saying i just want to use that you know can you make it work and i think a lot of the tricks to making it work are shortcuts because like it doesn't really have templated projects you can have a templated list but not really like if you want for instance they have a new feature where you can make a kanban but if you want to make Mm -hmm. subtasks under it there's no way to template that but you can by building that out in shortcuts, but you find all these limitations in the shortcuts implementation of reminders. And it feels like the reminders team has got a lot they're doing and the shortcuts is just not getting quite as much attention as it deserves. Well, yeah. Alex and now Rose have this great set of reminders um, actions in toolbox pro that honestly, run circles around the ones that apple makes i mean like one of the things i can do now is get the uuid the unique identifier of a uh, as a, of a reminder which means that i can link it somewhere else in a different application and like mm-hmm. all this stuff that i just don't know that apple will ever do but even the create reminder task they have there is better than the apple one it does you know it gives you more options some of this stuff on the apple thing just doesn't work where this one is fully baked. And um, and this is just one example. I mean, this, uh, Toolbox Pro is not just a reminders alternative. I mean, they've got stuff on images, dictionaries, calendar entries, contacts, you know, anything you want to automate. They, the list of actions they have for audio is really impressive. I think it's about 15 or 20 different things you can do. And all of these are bits that just go a little further than what Apple's given you, and sometimes quite a bit further. So... You, it is, you know, the app is appropriately named, you know, Toolbox Pro is just what it sounds like.
1: Yeah, well, that was the aim around it. And, you know, originally reminders didn't have the ability to do things like edit a reminder. You can edit a contact in shortcuts or a calendar event. So the way that people would work around it is they create a new calendar event and delete the old one. Um, but that only worked if you could add everything that was on the original and something like an exchange calendar, uh, like especially something that was maybe like an Im- a meeting invite that involved other people in a meeting room. That didn't always work right. Like that had a huge amount of potential to go wrong. I remember testing, uh, doing that at some point and discovering that it unbooked my meeting room for me. Um, on something yeah. now fortunately because i was aware that i was testing it um and that things could go wrong like i was watching it like a hawk and immediately rebooked my meeting room manually so that nobody else took it because otherwise i was not going to get a meeting room for like a year and a half at that point um so yeah i should probably have picked a different event to test it with in hindsight but you know whatever um so uh, yeah being able to do things like that and i i i fully believe that you know alex hay in particular was one of the people that helped push um the 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 number of actions that we get in shortcuts now from all of these apps, because if Toolbox Pro hadn't been there with people using these these things, um, then I don't think people would have. You know, I don't think Apple would have gone. Huh? Maybe we should just have shortcuts actions in everything. Um, and I, I I wish the reminders team had a bit more capacity so that every time they added a new feature, somebody also had a, a story this is usually what you call it when you when you're developing um you've got you know stories which have got tasks inside of them and then there are also bugs potentially related to a story potentially just related to existence in life um and uh you have to fix the bugs and write the stories um or solve the stories um but yeah so i, I wish that they would have a story for every reminder uh, every new feature that were added to reminders and safari and notes and things like that the notes team have done an incredible job this year they're just absolutely nailing it i love that um but uh yeah as it is uh reminders and uh safari in particular lagging a bit behind which is a real shame
0: yeah but i i I remember talking to alex about this and him telling me that he wanted to be sherlocked like he's like i celebrate when apple sherlocks me meaning there's some action he developed for toolbox pro and someone in apple saw it and said that's a good idea and they added it to the native stuff and then he pulls it out of his app and you know, and he is constantly or was constantly finding new stuff that hopefully Apple would Sherlock again in the future. I'm sure your team kind of has the same feeling oh, yeah. about it. Oh, cool. yeah,
1: definitely. Like we're, we're currently going through looking at uh, all of the actions there going, okay, well, there are all of these actions waiting in the wings, but literally Toolbox Pro hit the maximum number of actions that you can add to shortcuts. So, yeah. like, we, we, we can't just add all of the other ones that were sort of like waiting in the wings and noted down as ideas because there's a limit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I
0: forgot about that. Yeah. Alex told me the same thing. He's like, he's like, I have, I can't add anymore because they won't let me. So now I need them to Sherlock me so I can take it off my list and put something new in the back end.
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) But I think I suspect things like generate UUID and stuff, they're probably never going to get Sherlocked, get colors as hex or get colors from this image and things like that. But getting your connection status and stuff like that, that, you know, that that's, that's been, just pulled into your device which is now a a variable that just constantly exists in shortcuts when you go to insert a variable then your your device is just one of those things that's that's always there which is just really nice so yeah it's uh it's good that there's definitely some things that over time we're going to be able to uh, pull out um of this so that people can uh, actually just use uh you know the native shortcut sections
0: Okay, uh, we have a long list. I want to get through more, but before we go, so I've told you lately my favorites have been the Reminders ones because I've been doing a lot of work with them. But honestly, my favorites in Toolbox Pro are just usually whatever I've worked with last. But what is your favorite set in Toolbox Pro, Rose?
1: So this is really difficult to, to pick because like, there's, there's some things like scan the QR code in this image or remove emoji from this text. Or take this thing out of this list, which is just so difficult to do otherwise. But my favorite action, honestly, that I probably use the most, and it never stays in a shortcut permanently, pretty print dictionaries. Um, and you know, obviously, there's another app called JSON, which we'll get to in a bit, um, where you can where you can you know you know show the JSON of of a dictionary. But pretty print dictionaries is just so useful. Um, it's, it's probably a toss up between that one and, um, picking a color or getting colors from an image, um, so that I can, you know, create a little color palette for things. Um, but yeah, probably those. This episode of Automators is brought to you by ExpressVPN. It's so easy now to have multiple streaming services and the cost of them soon adds up. That's why it can be good to discover ways to make the most out of your existing subscriptions. Quite often, streaming services like Netflix actually have thousands more shows than you think. You just don't see them all because they give you different shows depending on your country. So what you see on Netflix here is completely different to what somebody in Italy or South Korea sees. But using the ExpressVPN app, you can change your online location. ExpressVPN has over 90 countries to choose from. So when you run out of stuff to watch, you can switch to another country to unlock new shows. Right now, I'm watching Deep Space Nine. That's the Star Trek series. And that's fine, but I went on holiday and I couldn't keep watching it because it's on Netflix in the UK. But it's fine because I just expressvpn back to the UK by tapping one button to change my country and refreshing the page. At less than $7 a month, ExpressVPN pays for itself and so much more. It's a no-brainer. So if you want a way to get more out of your shows and save money while you're at it, go to expressvpn.com automators. Don't forget to use the automators link so you can get an extra three months free. That's expressvpn.com slash automators. Expressvpn.com slash automators to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of the show and relay FM.
0: Alex had another project called Notomate, And I like it because Notion is a thing for a lot of people out there. If you use Notion, uh, wouldn't it be nice if you could shortcuts automation? But it's a web service and you know it it's not really what you would historically think of something you would connect to shortcuts. So Alex made a series of shortcuts. To address mm-hmm. Notion, um, that's another one that you are currently working on, but yep. it's also totally worth mention. Uh, as I'm moving my team into Notion, I'm finding mm-hmm. uh, that I'm starting to like dig into and automate too. So, tell us how it works and what it is.
1: Um- well, I'm just going to start with a little bit of background. Um, so I, I, I just double checked just now, and I'll grant that I do have the new iPhone 15 Pro Max, um, and I only got it, you know, a couple of days before recording this. But I've just opened up the Notion um, action section in shortcuts, and uh, it, it's got this great message for me, David: "No actions to show," yeah. because yeah. Notion themselves have not supported uh, uh, shortcuts actions, but Notion yes. does have an API, um, and so what Notimate does when you when you launch the app. Um, uh, and you you go into the the settings, you tap on integrations, and then you, you add an integration, and it walks you through setting it up. Um, so you'll need to get an API key from Notion, um, and uh, then save your integration. And then at that point, you get a whole bunch of shortcut sections in shortcuts from Notimate. And they're also listed in the action section uh, inside the Notimate app. But if you're looking for, okay, what can I do with this? Then there's also a shortcut section, which gives you um, some little, you know, there's tutorials, there's some various examples like an inventory scanner or getting a Notion ID, but it will walk you through doing things like creating a database, creating a page, working with smart blocks to add uh, a rich text page to Notion and stuff. So yeah, with with Notomate, the idea is that pretty much anything that you could do with Notion via the API should be available inside of Nautimate. Um And uh, yeah, so it'll get you your databases, get you details of your databases, it'll get IDs from URL, give you options from various selects that you've set up, because the whole thing with Notion is it's it's a personal wiki, but it's not a database in the sense of just rows and columns. It's also like uh, every every record is a page. It can have sub pages and it can have things that are related to it and images embedded in it and so on. So it's not just text. It's way more than text. Um, so yeah, it's it's really cool that, we, that that's the thing. And I've been working on moving some of my stuff into Notion as well because I'm a diehard Airtable lover. Um, you know, you can pry Airtable out of my cold dead hands, but especially now uh, we are working on Automate. Um I'm having I'm having to get a bit more familiar with notion and so I'm moving some stuff in there and I have to say i'm I'm liking it you know for 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 the things that I'm moving in there I'm being very careful about what I move over and I'm trying to only move over the things that I think will benefit um but uh, so far it seems to be working out pretty well for me
0: yeah, like so. What I'm doing with it is, um, I have a small team and we are decided to put some of the pending projects uh, team wise into it. I, now, I still have my personal tools, you know, OmniFocus, Obsidian, yada, yada, and I can automate all of those with shortcuts. But what I wanted to do was create a record in Notion when I set up a project for myself on my local Mac. And that's something that. I probably could have done with web calls and like I could have hacked it okay. together, but that's so much easier with Nautomate, you know? And then once you create the handshake with Nautomate, um, there's really a lot you can do. I mean, again, you can generate UUID, you can create a database, you can add a block, but I'm using it in the most basic way. I just want to add a record to an existing database. And uh, that kind of stuff is, is easy peasy for this thing. And if you are interested in shortcuts and use notion look no further i mean it's an entire app dedicated to it Uh, there's a related one too like uh if you are a a big time obsidian user um, there's an app called actions for obsidian which is kind of the same thing i mean obsidian is you know it's not a native mac app or iphone it's an electron app so it doesn't necessarily have a lot of tie-ins to shortcuts um, but this developer whose name escapes me, uh, there we go, Carlo Zotman, uh, just made 40 actions that are shortcuts actions that address your Obsidian database. Very mm-hmm. clever and just great idea. And uh, I was on the bait on this one as he was developing it and it just kept getting better with every release. And this is another example like not a mate, where like where you're using an app that historically you would think, well, there's no shortcut support for this. But then a third-party developer comes in, figures it out, does all the wiring for you all you have to do is download and pay a few bucks for their app and you're off to the races
1: yeah and uh honestly that's that's just one of those uh you know great things about these apps where you know yes you can figure out how to use obsidian's url scheme or um you know how to um sync obsidian with dropbox and then you know a, put stuff in there via that but then you lose some of the the niceties that you get from obsidian sync or you do what i did for a while which is set up a double sync so syncing via obsidian sync and then one computer is also syncing it to dropbox so that you get like the double um but then it just opens up possibilities for something to go wrong um and my problem with url schemes is i always think that i remember what they are i really 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 need to learn that my memory is not perfect because every single time I'm convinced that I know what the URL scheme is, I'll type everything in and click it or run it, and then it, something goes wrong somewhere. Um, and so I really should just, you know, copy, copy paste, or in the case of Obsidian, yeah, I'm, I'm also using Actions for Obsidian. I've given it a good try over the last couple of weeks, and I have to say I'm really liking it.
0: Well, and I'm I'm just the opposite of you when it comes to URL schemes. I have to relearn them every time I implement them, because I don't well, do I, frequently. I also enough.
1: have to relearn them. The problem is, is I don't think that I have to relearn them and that that really is the
0: problem yeah i get it i get it but for me i i know i don't know them but they take time and when someone makes an app that does it for you i am always on that i mean uh, the idea of automation is to save time right and if someone does the heavy lifting for you let them do it Uh, you guys are doing it with not you uh you know carlos is doing it with actions for obsidian and and that's my hope for this episode is if you listen, you might want to go download a few of these over the weekend and see how you can supercharge shortcuts.
1: Yeah. And we've got, we're going to have links to all of these apps in the show notes, by the way, I'm making sure to keep up as we go along so that we have everything in the order that we've talked about it in as well.
0: Excellent. Give me another one, Rose.
1: Well, uh, you know, let's, let's finish covering uh, Alex Hayes apps that were released at any rate. Um there's also a lovely one called logger for shortcuts. Um, and Logger for Shortcuts uh, is logging inside of Shortcuts. Um, and you can turn your logging on, you can turn your logging off, you can add tags to logs, you can add like contextual data, there's titles and notes and stuff like that. Um, and basically, the the whole point of Logger for Shortcuts is you've got like a really long shortcut that you've been working on, or a series of shortcuts that run in sequence or something. And you want to be able to double check at times what's going on, how are things working, or rather... How are things not working? Because something somewhere is going a bit wrong and you don't quite know what or where. And that's the point where you can turn to something like Logger for Shortcuts and just add a series of logging actions. Um, And, um, you know, you can turn logging on at the start of the shortcut and turn it off at the end if you wanted to. Um, Or you can just delete the the log actions when you're done. Uh, Whatever it is that you prefer to do. Um, But then you can have actual logging inside of your shortcuts that goes into a separate app. Um, and then you can open it up and search everything in there and see exactly what's going on. This can also be very nice if you are running shortcuts on another device so that you can see, um, in logger, you know, what happened, um, you know, you can have logger open on say your Mac. And if you've got maybe, um, an iPad that you have in front of you, um, and you're tapping shortcuts actions on that at various points throughout your day, kind of using a little bit like a stream deck, um, but it's an iPad with shortcuts on it, um, then you know if those are logging, then you can actually check in logger what's going on and stuff. So yeah, that's that's another nice little one.
0: Yeah, see, I bought this when he released it, and I've only used it a few times. But uh, I don't make that many super advanced shortcuts. I try to keep them under like you know fifteen um, steps. Really, you know, it, it, my feeling is with shortcuts, the more you add, more complexity you add it it just it, the system isn't really built for it. I know that you and Federico and some folks are getting away with massive shortcuts, but but it that this is a tool for that. Like when you start getting longer shortcuts, I feel like you definitely need something like this to keep things in check because shortcuts behaves funny sometimes when it has too much to do and it's not, you know, Apple doesn't really give you a debugging tool to find out where the problem is and this solves that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And honestly, even if you do have shorter um, you know, uh, actions say you're doing something that involves um, you know talking to an API and getting some data back just being able to log the data that you got back every single time and if you don't need it like that's fine. but if your shortcut crashes shortly after it gets the data back from the URL and then and you weren't running it in a mode where you could see what was going on, then having that logged in logger is is really useful so that then you can go back afterwards and be like oh okay, I was expecting an array with seven items and I was getting the seventh item from the array. But actually, there were only five items. Maybe I should have been using the get last item in the list instead of getting the specific number in the list or something like that. So you can figure out what's going wrong through things like that. Um, because, yeah, that that's how that works.
0: Yeah, and there's one more that you you were, I believe you developed this app, Focus mm. Cuts.
1: Well, I mean, you say I developed it, uh, you know, the, the real driving force behind old snail development is uh, a lovely guy whose name is also David. Um, there are quite a few Davids running around in my life. It's very confusing. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he was the guy who actually uh, wrote all of the code for for this. And I just filed a number of bug reports and did a, a lot of parsing of some weird files that are available on your Mac. Um, yeah. Focus Cuts um, is a, a lovely app on iPhone and iPad. You can get your current focus mode you can't do it on the Mac. Why? I don't know, but it's just not an action that's available on the Mac. Um, I hate and so that. We feel, I
0: hate that, right? So you can, just to be clear, on your phone, there's an action, get current focus mode, and then you get on the Mac and it's not there. I don't know why. Yep. What yeah, happened? But, okay, well, did, the, did that guy go to lunch that day and just forget? I mean, what, what happened? Yeah, I
1: mean, I, I feel like they, per, they permanently forget about a number of things on Mac OS or like, they they just decided, like, oh, nobody will want this. And it's like, yeah, but when you run the shortcut, it crashes on your Mac. Like, yeah. at least give us the option to make it not crash. But what you can now do, of course, is get your device. If your device is a Mac, use the Focus cut section because Focus Cuts is only on Mac because it can't work on, on iOS. Um, but use the Focus Cuts action to get your current focus mode. Um, and, uh, yeah, that that will help you out there. But then we did we did go a little bit further with it because we thought, you know, there's... There's some other options here. So, you know, we give you the option of getting a list of your focus modes, which is always very nice. Um, yeah. And then there's a little menu bar utility where you can have different shortcuts show up in different focus modes. And not only will it show you the icon of your current focus mode, it will also show you the name of the focus mode there if you want it to. It doesn't have to do that. It just, it can just show you the icon. So the idea is that you can replace um, the, uh, the native um, uh, focus mode menu bar or um, uh, I've forgotten the name of what, of what it's actually called, but they're usually referred to as menu bar apps, utility apps, uh, up by the clock, you can replace that one with focus cuts and then it will give you contextual um, you know, shortcuts, which is just, I love that because I have different shortcuts show up when I'm in different focus modes. And that really does save me quite a bit of time every day because the, sh- the shortcuts implementation of minibar apps assumes, first of all, um, that you only have one Mac and secondly, that you always want the same shortcuts actions. Uh, neither of which is true in my case. Um, so yeah, it's it's nice to have the option of doing this in Focus Cuts, where it's deliberately set up per machine.
0: Yeah, and I really believe that like that is something Apple will never add. Right, even if you buy Focus Cuts, and and next year Apple adds the check on the Mac to say, well, what focus mode am I in? They sure like one piece of it, but the, the more advanced stuff that you get with these apps, that stuff is never going away. I mean, Apple's never going to make a thing where it's contextual in your menu bar and gives you a list of shortcuts. That's just, I feel like that's just, something they won't do you know and i
1: mean that's one of the reasons why we added that feature as well because we were like well if we get sure look next year we don't want f- people to feel like you know they they paid it a little bit of money we, we're not charging a huge amount for it but we don't want people to feel like they paid for something that you know now now they're getting for free we want them to still get some value out of this and so by making it into a menu bar app it turned out it solved a whole bunch of problems that i, I wasn't really aware i was having until we solved them at which point it was like oh this is actually a really good idea i'm very glad we did this
0: yeah, and and honestly, it's just I want an app that is constantly trying to bring me more shortcuts power with um with focus modes. Like I would hope that you know you guys come up with with new cool things as Apple starts to evolve focus modes, you know, maybe there's more stuff you can do. And uh so uh, I I want to support that and I want it to continue. I have a list for you. Someday we'll talk. I don't I'm not going to put you on the spot here on microphone, but I I have ideas. Cool. What about uh, Pushcut? Now, this is a, an app that you've also worked on. You know, Rose's Rose and David and her, her group of friends, gang, has kind of absorbed a lot of these types of apps over time because they're hard to make money on. Right. Can I just mm-hmm. say it? All right. You know, a lot of people start them with good intentions, but then they're yeah. like, hey, I got to make a living, and this thing isn't doing well. Well, they've become kind of like the gathering place of those apps, and they're able to bring scale and a bunch of smart people and, and the, you should pay them for these apps because they do need to make money on them, but they've also figured out a business plan to make this work. And, and so uh, naturally a lot of the apps we're going to talk about today are apps that Rose has an interest in now, but I don't want to mean that make that the reason we don't talk about it on the show because these are great apps, but mm-hmm. push cut is one in general. Like I, you were such an advocate of this app and now you're oh, a yeah. developer on it. But yeah. I feel like every time it comes up on automators, I get email from people saying, "I just don't understand. What does <laughs> PushCut do? Because it's confusing for people. Like, I'm running a server on an iPad. What's well? Cool? I mean, give us the give us the story, Rose. Tell us what this app does.
1: That's just one of the things that PushCut does. So PushCut started out as a way to give you choices. Okay, so it's sunset if you're at home. Um, instead of just having you know your your smart home turn on your lights. It can give you an option of like, hey, do you want, you know, Halloween lights or do you want, um, you know, cinema mode at home? What what do you want? Um, and so being able to choose and have it send you a notification. Um, and if you tap on the notification, it just it does whatever your default is. But if you sort of do that little swipe down when a notification appears at the top or you tap and hold on it on your lock screen, then it gives you choices. That's what Pushcut started with. Um, and then Simon Lieb, the original developer, who's who's still uh, the owner of Pushcut, um, uh, he um, expanded it from there to give you things like background actions. So when I get to this location, between these hours, send me a notification so that I can do things. And he realized that you didn't just have to send a notification. You could also just do a thing, like get the contents of a URL. Um, and so that, you know, that became a very useful thing just to start with. And from there, it grew into the option of running your own um, pushcut server. So a pushcut server could be an iPhone or it could be an iPad or there is a beta folks. Um, and we'll try and put the the link to that in the show notes. Um, uh, for pushcut for Mac. Um, now, of course, caveat not everything that runs in shortcuts on iOS and iPad can run on the Mac. So you're going to have to be a little careful with your shortcuts, but that's that's not something the pushcut can can handle for you unfortunately not just yet anyway um, so there's the option of having a server which just sits there and it can listen and go hey is something gonna tell me to run shortcuts action here um and you can trigger those from shortcuts on another device you could trigger it by a zap here if this and that make um formally integrate um or um through one of those background location things or from a notification that you send to yourself Um, so, you know, you might have a notification that you send to yourself at say, um, 10 AM every morning when you've been at work for like an hour and a half that says, Hey, like get up and stretch. And then when you, when you've, when you've done the, you getting up and stretching and maybe grabbing some coffee or something, um, you, you tap on the notification and then it runs off and it goes, okay, like, let's, let's have a look at the meetings in the calendar, but it could do all of that on another device. So it doesn't have to be running on, on your iPhone or iPad or whatever it is that, You've tapped on the notification from, um. So that's you know that's kind of the original part of push So that's already a lot, and then notification uh, and then widgets came along. Um, and widgets are amazing. Pushcut lets you create custom widgets. So I have a countdown for the Relay FM event in July next year in London. There's a live Relay FM event in London, folks, next year, um, and I'm going to be there, and David's going to be there, and I've got a countdown for that on my home screen. Um, and when I tap that, um, it will open the Relay FM uh, page for for the London event. Um, but I created that using Pushcut because I can have that update every day. Um, and uh, we have just added support, and this is very exciting, for multiple actions from a widget. So small widgets are still limited to one action because that's that's what Apple do, but medium-sized widgets and large widgets now have the option of having multiple actions on them so that you can have, when I tap on this bit of a widget, run this shortcut. When I tap on that bit of a widget, open OmniFocus. When I tap on that bit, run a shortcut that does something using Timery, for example. Um, And you can have it do all sorts of amazing, cool things uh, with that Um, because Pushcut kind of does a heck of a lot. And uh, yeah, it can be a little overwhelming. Um, So I I completely understand that. We do have a lot of guides on the Pushcut website, which I would recommend that folks uh, check out for things. Um, But a lot of folks do like to just use it for um, the widgets or the background triggers uh, for things as well.
0: Yeah, I I really recommend going to the website if you if you're curious about it and they've got really good examples there. They're really well documented, but I think the trick is build a couple of your own and then you'll get it. But you ha- even if you don't understand it when you start building it, by the time you finish it, I think you kind of get it. And then you can go go nuts. And I'm really looking forward to the public release of the version that that supports Mac too because I I kind of want the, the one thing that held me back with PushCut is it's always been iOS only, but I feel like this is such a natural for the Mac and of, of my Apple devices. I spend the most time at the Mac. So I, I would like to incorporate a bunch of this stuff into my Mac. Um, so uh, man, full steam ahead on that Rose and keep us posted uh, as automators listeners. We have, or I say we uh, Rose and her team have opened up the public beta uh, that allows mm. you to use it on the Mac for you. So uh we'll put a link for that in the show notes so you can join the beta right now and start playing with it. But it is a, it, it is a great app. And, and I feel like it never got the, it never got the the um, support it needed to from the automation community. Cause I think it was kind of cryptic. And one of the things I think you guys are doing really well is kind of making, taking the mystery out of it and explaining, you know, here's some real world examples of what we can do with this.
1: Yeah, there's there's so many cool things that you can do with it. So, yeah, it's 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 really good that, um, you know, uh, folks are you know, enjoying it. Um, and also, we, we do keep getting feature requests from folks. Um, and that is always exciting. And this is happening across the apps, especially since folks have been learning that we've taken over Alex Hayes' apps. We had a whole flood of requests of, hey, can you have a support for this? Or, oh, yeah. I found this cool thing in, in Notion. Can you add a way to do that? And so on. And, you know, it, it's taking a, a while to go through these things, um, you know, because we don't want to just say, yeah, we'll do it to everything, yeah, um, sure. which is, um, you know, because then we end up making promises that maybe we can't keep. Um, but uh, we are very much hoping um, that we can, uh, you know, do, do everything. Um, we just need to take a little bit of time before we do that.
0: This episode of The Automators is brought to you by Text Expander, your shortcut to efficient, consistent communications. Go to textexpander.com slash automators right now and get 20% off. When you work in a small team, every moment counts. You don't want to be wasting your time finding video conferencing details to send to a new client, and you don't want to track down the same FAQs from the company website every time there's a question. These are the kinds of things you want at your fingertips so you can get your work done faster, and that's why you need Text Expander. With Text Expander, you can type what you access the most with just a few keystrokes, allowing you to work faster and eliminate repetition letting you focus on what matters most to you. Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations streamline your team's work. All you have to do is type a short abbreviation and Text Expander does the rest for you. You just build and collect your most commonly used phrases, messages, URLs, and more right within Text Expander, then create your chosen abbreviation and they'll be with you wherever you type. You can even customize the snippets by having them automatically add in dates fill in the blank fields, timestamps, and more. This will make sure that you still keep the personality and communications you send, and you can share all that with your team. TextExpander is available on any device you use across any app you use on Mac, Windows, Chrome, and iOS. I use Text Expander repeatedly and often. There are people on Team Mac Sparky that have access to my TextExpander, and I also use it personally all the time. It saves me days every year in productivity. They even send you a report showing you how much time you save. And if you're an automator, this is right in your wheelhouse. You can make Text Expander do almost anything for you. It has AppleScript support. You can do fill-ins. It's got it all. If repetitive typing is getting you down, you need Text Expander. Check out Text Expander today at textexpander.com automators, and you can get 20% off your first year. That's textexpander.com/slash automators to say goodbye to repetitive typing. And our thanks to Text Expander for their support of the Automators Podcast. Well, well there's so many. Let's continue though. Um, can I pick one of my very favorites? Uh, this of is this is this one gets the Velvet Jacket Award on the Automators Podcast, Data Jar. Uh, Data Jar just solves so many little problems for me. Um, you know, the thing is that shortcuts doesn't have global variables and data jar. It becomes a source of global variables and shortcuts. And yeah, uh, Simon has been a guest on the show. He's just one of my favorite, um, developers. He's just such a cool guy. Every time I talk to Simon, I feel like I just want to hang out with him. You know, mm. can I yes. say that I have a little bit of a crush on him? I think, you know, just a, <laughs> just like a nerd, you know, developer type crush. Don't get weird. Yeah, but he just, he's cool, you know, but he, so, so he came up with this idea global variables. So like the idea of it is like, I've got a bunch of them populated with like my phone number and my address and different things. And when I want a shortcut to call that stuff, I can do that. But if it changes, then I can just go change the global variable and it updates automatically in all my shortcuts. It's just, it's such an easy little problem to solve that Apple, I don't think will ever address, you know, and uh, data jar, man. Go check it out. We'll yeah. link in. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about it, except it's just, you need global variables and there it is.
1: It's not just global variables though. It can be a way to store data. You know, like maybe logger for shortcuts sounds like it's overkill for you. And you just want a list of timestamps that something happened at. Well, you yeah. could use data jar for that. Um And what I really love about data jar as well is like you go into the app, it's visually pretty. Like it looks nice and you can, you know, see things and you can, say, hey, okay, so I'm going to add some data. You don't have to open the app and uh, to use it at all, to be clear. Yeah. You can just do everything in shortcuts. But you can't go into the app and manually add data and modify data and change something from being a number to being a Boolean, for example, um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's just really nice to use. Um, and, uh, I, I'm using the rainbow icons, uh, David. Um, I'm not sure what, what icons you're using, but I love them because they're just so colorful and uh, m- my mind can associate the different colors with the different types of data. Um, so a little bonus tip for folks there.
0: I, I'm just looking at mine right now. I've got so many, like I have my, in, in the United States, you have a tax form called a W9. And when mm-hmm. people pay you, they need it. I saved it as a data jar, Um entry just the pdf of it so i can just drop it in into a shortcut when people want it I, I you know i've got all i don't know why i have one here called the best number and it says seven under it I, everybody knows the best number is 42 how did what what did i do there rose i don't know what happened. i don't know what you did yeah, there david but the uh these but it, it's it's really fun and um and the other thing I forgot to mention is in addition to like global variables that it can remember and use repeatedly, it's also just a way to remember something for a shortcut for later. Because shortcut, this memory only lasts as long as the shortcut runs, right? So yeah. like if you want to work on something and then come back and run the shortcut again later, it's going to start from, from one again. It's not going to know. Yeah. And where you store it in data jar, you just call it up and there it is. It just it solves a bunch of little problems. I love it. I don't think he even charges for it. i I made a donation to him at some point. um but yeah, honestly, he should charge for this thing,
1: yeah, yeah. Simon is extremely generous with uh, his his apps and time. I believe datajar is uh, free to download, um, as is um another one of his apps, which we'll, we'll get to in just a moment. um right. So datajar is free to download, but then there's there's optional in app tips um yeah. that you can you can give him. Um, so yeah, one thing I'm gonna mention that I do with data jar, um, and I'm aware this is not security best practice, but oh my god, did this save my bacon relatively recently? Airtable updated API keys. Um so previously you had like one Airtable API key and that was it. Um they have updated from that um so that you can now have multiple different um tokens and um the way that you, you generate them and the way that they work is error so slightly different. Now for most of us as users who were using Airtable actions via like your, your get contents of URL and shortcuts, um, this didn't really m- make a difference. We just needed to update the token. I have a lot, and I mean a lot, of shortcuts that use Airtable. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. Fortunately, past me decided I was going to put my API keys in DataJer.
0: All right. So let, before you go any further, just tell people why that can be a bad idea.
1: Well, it's it's a bad idea because DataJar is not a password manager, okay? It doesn't have um, any kind of authentication on it. So it's not going to like face ID you when when you log in and stuff. That said, it's using, um, uh, I believe, CloudKit. Um, certainly it's syncing your data via, via Apple's iCloud and stuff. So that's all linked to your Apple ID. It's not like somebody can just log in on the internet and find all this data. So it's not the best idea. It's, it's not the worst idea in the world. Um, You know, it's better than like skywriting your API key on a daily basis for sure. Um, But yeah, technically, like you, if you wouldn't put your password in it, you probably shouldn't put an API key in it. Um, So yeah, technically, maybe not the best idea. It saved my bacon so much because I just had to update one thing for all of my Airtable shortcuts and then everything just worked
0: if it was like my bank account password, I would not do that. But for an API key for, for, uh, you know, a service that I don't have any secret data on, I, you see, we all got to choose our own poison, but I know we're going to get blowback for talking about this. So just be warned, you know, yeah. it's, it's not one password, right? You don't use it for no. that kind of stuff, but, but yeah, uh, for things you're calling repeatedly in shortcuts, like an API key, it really does save your bacon.
1: Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, this is just, this is really good because this is something um, I recommended to Matthew Casnelli a while ago. Um, and um, it was uh, very useful for him because he accidentally exposed uh, his Airtable API key and a couple of other API keys um, on some live streams at some point when demoing some shortcuts um, yeah. and had to like reset all of them because they were just in text in the shortcut, which means that if you're just looking at the shortcut, like if you just sent your shortcut to a friend, they're not going to get like your API key and stuff like that um you know and even when i do like the the um the asking people for questions um in in a shortcut you know import questions and shortcuts i always duplicate the shortcut beforehand if there's personal data in there that i don't want shared and then like delete it or change it um in in the duplicated version that's the one i'm going to share before i do the import questions just because i want to be really paranoid that there's nothing that's going to get shared accidentally but by using, um, uh, you know, a data jar to get all of my API keys, I don't ever have to worry about them being leaked by accident inside of a shortcut.
0: Yeah, nice. What's next?
1: Well, the next one I wanted to mention, David, is another app from Simon. Um, we, we should probably mention Scriptable, but it's so much more than a shortcuts utility app that it kind of doesn't belong here because it does a lot more. But yeah. Jason, Jason, on the other hand, J-A-Y-S-O-N, um, is a great app. And it's a utility app. It doesn't exist purely to add utility to shortcuts, but oh my gosh, is it useful? Like you get something, you get some JSON back, uh, J-S-O-N, JavaScript Object Notation, back from an API, for example, um, or you've got a dictionary in shortcuts. You can open it in JSON and you can see it. And this is so great on the iPad where you can like split screen between JSON and shortcuts so that as you're writing um, you know, your shortcut, you can you know navigate down in JSON and copy like the key that you need to get something back in shortcuts uh it's such a useful app i really love it
0: agreed agreed and and that one you can go pretty deep right like you can do a lot it it can solve a lot of problems for you there's so many rows i don't even know like can we talk about charty for a minute
1: yeah sure
0: it's a quick simple one but it's it you want to make charts with shortcuts it's like I can't, I'm just imagining a meeting at Apple, right? Someone walks in a room and they're looking at all the things they need to work on. Right. And somebody says to Federighi, Hey, I'd like to spend the next three months making a bunch of cool actions and shortcuts where people can make really impressive charts with no work. And he would look at them like you're fired. You know, we have so much work to do. We can't goof around with charts forever. Right. Yeah. But no, that happened.
1: It, it did happen and not only did it happen but like those charts can also be widgets um you know because who doesn't love a nice widget on their home screen yeah. um and uh, especially if some data that you've been you've been working on um you know so you could be it could be you know like a, a chart of your toothbrushing data for example out of yeah. health if you wanted um you know stuff like that that that's just really cool um, that you can make that and you can literally make charts out of anything that you like you know if you've got a set of data if you can like there's a whole bunch of charts in there uh, whatever you want to do pretty much you you can you can do it um so yeah i I would recommend that uh if you potentially want to like make something pretty out of some numeric data look at charty because charty is great
0: and if you're collecting a bunch of data in data jar and you want to put it on a chart you could do that, you know? And, um, and this is another app that's, it's kind of weird, right? Uh, That somebody would think to do this, but then the developer did a great job of tutorials, walkthroughs, examples. So, you know, we don't have time on the show today with all these, these apps, but the, uh, if you get this app and you want to make nice charts, you'll be surprised how quickly you're, you're doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you know, when I said earlier, these aren't really apps that do other things um, the best versions of these apps all do have apps, right? When you open them, they give you a list of what it does and examples. And I, I, I that's been true for every app we've talked about so far. And I, I guess I should have been saying that because it, it, they don't just leave you in the lurch. You download the app, you open the app and it gives you samples and examples and screenshots. So it really gives you all the tools you need to kind of get these things working for you.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so another app um, that I, I want to mention, uh, David, just because um, it's it's an app that's been around for uh, a little while now. Um, and it was written by some friends of mine, actually, uh, Um So um, if anybody has ever seen um, a uh, tweet, um, as he used to post, um, and uh, any social media post by Mike Hurley, who's advertising his Friday Keyboard Club, um, you might have noticed that what he does, he posts. Um, uh, uh, flags and then times next to them. Um, and this is the time that he's going to be doing a live stream. And this is something that lots of folks who post live streams do, you know, like they post a flag that's identifiable. So, you know, Mike would often use uh, Italy for the European time zones because, you know, Italy is where Federico Vitigi is um, and, you know, the UK for, um, you know, the GMT or BST as it is uh, right now and things like that. But creating this list can be a bit of a pain. So Elswen decided that it was going to add this. Um, and Elswen originally was created to basically be able to cr- select a time and then copy a magic Discord code that when you paste that that in, it will show like the right thing for everybody who's looking at it, regardless of their time zone. So if I wrote, say, for example, um, 1954 um, into Discord, if I just write it as text then David will just see 1954, right? But if I used a Discord code for that and pasted it into Discord, David would actually see 1154, which is the time right now in California, like, you know, translated. Um, and so, yeah, this, and and it, it has some shortcuts actions. So if you are, you know, setting up that you're planning on doing a live stream or something's going to be posted or released at a particular time and you want to be able to just like copy um, a list of time zones, um, like the same time across different time zones, nicely formatted already, or possibly a Discord code. Else, one can do it, and it's free.
0: You know, this app has come a long way since the last time I looked at it. Oh yeah, I uh, I just downloaded because like for the stuff I do in the labs, and then the Max Rocky Field Guides, we do these webinars for the Plus edition. Yeah. I've been doing yeah. this manually, and I'm like, what? David, is, what, I what know am I've I doing? told you about
1: this app before. Yeah, I know, but the first I've time I looked at
0: this. it, it really wasn't quite there, and now, wow, it has come so far, and it's on the Mac too. Okay, I'm in.
1: Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. As a little bonus for folks, um, because I, I have to mention this, um, it, the uh, the the time list, as it's called in the app, uh, in the code, it's called mic mode, as in mic curly mode. Um, yeah, and nice. I just love that 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 is a thing.
0: With a so, Y, yeah. Yes. Excellent. Okay, well, see, you got you got me on one rose. I thought I had these down.
1: And, and and it's a free app as well. So, you know, if even if you have like colleagues and there's just like one more time zone involved, like being able to like constantly like just hit like a copy button for like a meeting time, like select an event in, from a list of things that it picks out of your calendar and then like copy the start time so that you can like send people a reminder that this is at blah 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 this time. Like being able to just do that um and and know that it's going to be right every time so useful
0: yeah but you know one thing i would say i feel like overall these developers are all being too generous like i want more apps like this to exist the only way that happens because the people who are making them are smart people is if they get paid for it you know so i really wish they would all have at least a donate button um and uh, you know as as users if you can swing it and uh one of these apps you find you use a lot even if they didn't charge you find a way to send them some money or something just to And you want to encourage the stuff to continue. And uh, I feel like sometimes, uh, for whatever reason, the automation community, a lot of our, our developer friends are afraid to ask for money or they're just too kind. I don't even think that they're afraid. They're like, oh, I just did that. You know, you can use it. No, man, we want this stuff.
1: Well, in Elswen's case, they do specifically say that in lieu of donations or paying for the app, they would like you to donate money to St. Jude's Children's Hospital, um, well, which uh, really yeah. has just done another marathon fundraising session for including a 12-hour podcast-a-thon. Genuinely amazing. Um, huge amount of money raised. But yeah, the the, the lovely developers, um, as uh, the name of the Elswen folks is, would like you to donate to them instead of sending them money. So, yeah.
0: I would like to nominate to the list Better Touch Tool. Uh so uh BTT as I lovingly call it is an amazing Mac app and they uh they were very liberal about adding shortcuts to Better Touch Tool when they added it. And I feel like maybe because Better Touch Tool doesn't go through the App Store or whatever, it's like they pulled one off and the Shortcuts actions are so powerful. When I did the the Shortcuts for Macfield guide, I called Better Touch Tool, my secret weapon, because all of the mm-hmm. actions that I wanted Apple to do that they didn't do, um, they added in Better Touch Tool. Like, you know, push a button in a menu item. Like, I even asked an Apple person about that when we interviewed them on Mac Power Users. said, Oh, I don't think we're going to do something like that. Well, it's in Better Touch Tool and that and many other things like it. So, any kind of automation you want to hack together on your Mac with shortcuts, so often, Better Touch Tool is the secret sauce to get you over the finish line.
1: Yeah, and just like um, Keyboard Maestro, it's got some of the the same actions that Keyboard Maestro has. But in Keyboard Maestro, you'll need to put them into like a whole macro to use them. Um, because like finding an image on the screen or clicking at it, um, like that's something that you'll do like inside of of Keyboard Maestro. But uh, you can find an image on your screen using Better Touch Tool, and then use like that that output and optionally move your mouse to it and things like that just inside of a shortcut so if you don't need you know everything else um around it then then you can use that but honestly um it, it's just so useful like there's there's options for mission control um and showing previews and moving and dragging your mouse like just saying being able to say like drag this thing um, here or saving your current window layout uh, and stuff. I really wish Moom had uh, shortcut sections. Really need to uh, to write to those folks and, and ask for some for some uh, shortcut sections because that could be really
0: useful for me. Yeah, that it would easy. I mean, we, we've got the little hack we do with the with the Apple script, right? And mm-hmm. that's well, yeah, the one.
1: executing Moom is fine. It's just yeah. creating like saving a window layout that would be very nice to do as part of like a thing because. I could imagine like getting a list of my currently active apps, save into a bunch and creating a Moom snapshot and things like that. Um, you know, like I could imagine doing that with a shortcut and at the moment can't quite do that. So yeah, yeah have to yeah. figure out. No, I
0: like that. Yeah, good one. Yeah. What's another one on our list here, Rose?
1: Uh, well, uh, I've got, um, a couple of, uh, nerdy mentions, um, but I'm going to start with a a nice little easy one.
0: Wait, wait, you're going to, you got a nerdy mention now? Okay. Well, I guess it's time. I mean, I
1: was going to go with an, uh, go with a less nerdy mention, um, because, um, have you ever had like, I don't know, say a link to a zoom meeting that you use on a regular basis, but you don't want to open it in your browser and then have it open in the zoom app. You just want to straight up open it in the zoom app, right? Yeah. Well, that's what Opener is for. So opener is an app. um and um it, it basically um sort of came into existence for uh, things that like didn't properly necessarily open deep links um or so that you could work around like, hey, um like the Twitter uh, links or the Reddit links don't want to open in. Um, you know, this app, obviously, unfortunately, my favorite, um, Reddit client is now dead sadly because, um, Reddit killed Apollo, um, uh, which is very sad, but opener, you know, was created basically to just let you open apps in, uh, open app- URLs in specific apps and it works in shortcuts. So I have a number of shortcuts, which will just like open a zoom URL in zoom and things like that. And this is just so useful, um, that, yeah, it's, it's really Hard to explain in some ways because it just opens a URL, but it doesn't open it in Safari. It opens it in the correct app. And that just makes my day every time because I don't have a bunch of useless Safari windows uh, hanging around or tabs hanging around later.
0: I think that's easy to understand. I mean, a lot of apps use URLs as ways to trigger things as automators. It's it's often for us, the shortcut, the easy way to get something to happen. But so often it has to go through Safari first, right? It, it opens a browser and then goes to the thing. And it's just so frustrating. And this this allows you to bypass that. Exactly. And they have shortcut support, which is why it's being discussed today.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's it can be useful for all sorts of things like opening AliExpress apps in the right thing or opening Amazon um, links in the Amazon app. Um, and stuff like that, but you can also like specifically open things in third party browsers and it's got a URL scheme. Um, so, um, and it can also, um, detect, um, AMP links to open them if you wanted to, um, I personally don't like Google AMP links because it, it kind of breaks the way a whole bunch of websites wanted to do things in the first place um, and deprive them of revenue. But like the fact that if you're on a really bad connection, it can do that um, and load the page that you do desperately need to load because it's got, you know, the the information in about the restaurant that you're trying to find or something can be very
0: useful. All right. Why don't you pick another one, Rose?
1: Uh, yeah. Okay. Then uh, I, you, I, I gave folks a, a, You know, everybody kind of gets this one. Um, So the next one I'm going to give folks is one that maybe is not such a wide audience Secure Shellfish. Now, Secure Shellfish is far from just a shortcuts utility app, to be clear. Um, It exists to add SFTP servers to the file app. Um, Now, some of you might be going, whoa, uh, brain is checking out. Basically, think of it as a way to uh, log into certain computers and just make sure that their files are also available in the Files app on iOS. It's very useful. Um, Like, you know, I have my server that my website runs on and I can have that in the Files app on iOS because of Secure Shellfish. But what it also has is shortcuts actions. And um, I don't know how many folks have tried this, uh, but when you SSH into something via shortcuts, um, there is the option to change from password to SSH key, um, and I can copy a key or I can generate a new key. Uh, I don't have the ability to import an SSH key. Um, So if there is a key that I want to reuse, like, for example, adding a new key to that server perhaps is very problematic or something, um, that is not something I can do. So I then am stuck with password authentication. If, however, I decide that instead of using the run script over SSH action, I would prefer to use secure shellfish, then the SSH keys that I've got in Secure Shellfish um, will uh, will just, you know, work. Um, so I can, you know, I can start an SSH terminal from there. I can get files. I can download files from it, create directories, backup things, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, if you need to work with servers via SSH and SFTP, um, and you might want to do it in shortcuts, try checking out Secure Shellfish.
0: Uh, I've got another one for you, uh, Actions for Shortcuts. And this is similar, similar to Toolbox Pro, but it seems like they've kind of given space to Toolbox Pro, um, and they're just picking actions that are generally not in Toolbox Pro. So it's just another list of additional actions. Uh, they Their Mac app, I believe this is true on iOS too, but their Mac app doesn't give you samples and a listing. It's very naughty. It just says, oh, we added a bunch of stuff to Shortcuts. Go have fun. Uh, but, you know, but at the same time, it does add more stuff, right? You want to convert a date to Unix time. You want to ask chat GPT um, do a check to see if Bluetooth is on. They, they've they got just like everything else. They've got a whole bunch of stuff here. Uh, blur images is another one of these that I've used. Uh, get SF symbol image. So they've got some very useful uh, shortcuts actions here. And you just add a pile of them to the shortcuts, you know, dictionary. So You download this app and it's again, a few bucks. I don't remember how much I paid for it. I bought it years ago, but now I've got a whole bucket of things I can do in shortcuts that I wouldn't be able to do otherwise. And uh, it's another one definitely worth checking out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've got another really one for folks. Uh, Sorry folks, but this, this is genuinely a a very nice uh, one that you may find very useful. If you ever need get contents of URL, but maybe you need the same get contents of URL, and multiple shortcuts, or maybe you've got quite a long shortcut and the get contents of URL is like halfway through it and something's things changed um, and you need to like figure out what you're getting back and what's going on and stuff like that. It can be really, really, really difficult to work with. Um, and so I found, um, and I'm pretty certain I found this because uh, the developer um, was using something, uh, a library that Simon Stovering created um, as part of one of uh, his apps, um, uh, that he was working on, but this is HTTP bot, um, and so the point of this is, um, if folks have ever heard of, say, Postman or something like that, um, it's 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 like that. So you do get contents of URL in an app, and you can save requests. Um, so every get contents of URL could be a request, which means that you can use the same one across different shortcuts. If you want to, um, you don't have to. you can create lots of new ones. Um, and uh, you can you can favorite things and so on. Um, but um, yeah, basically, it just is get contents of URL with extras um, so that you can, you know, uh, manage your authentication and save credentials and stuff and reuse it so you if you don't want to be me and and have all of your table api keys and in shortcuts you can just have you know managed authentication inside of um http bot so yeah get contents of url but just a bit nicer and uh more easy to test and reuse
0: oh, you got me again rose you got me again
1: i'm sorry I'm, david I, I'm getting this I, it's one. for it's... your own good
0: No, it is because for my URL spelunking, I need help, and this is—it looks just looking at the screenshot. I'm like, yes, this is data I would like on occasion. I'm I'm buying this one or downloading it. Yeah, going back to something a little, you know, more in the norm. uh, Drafts—we have—we can't do a show like this without mentioning drafts. Uh, The drafts has its own shortcuts actions, which is great, but it also does so much more than that with shortcuts.
1: I mean, one of those things that I I do just end up using um, drafts for is like you know obviously I add stuff to drafts right that's that's one of the things that I probably do like the most uh, with with shortcuts by far. Um, but something else that you can do with drafts, like there, there's so many things that you can do with drafts where it doesn't even need to use um, the drafts app. Um, So, um, for example, um, there's utilities like markdown to HTML and HTML to markdown. You might think, huh, don't those kind of exist in shortcuts? Only if you convert it to rich text first, which doesn't always work perfectly. Um, There's a utility for arranging text um, and and so on. And yeah, you can also uh, run drafts actions on text. So there's the option to run a drafts action on a draft but you can also just straight up run it on text without a draft existing so you don't actually have to create and then delete a draft if you don't want to you can just use drafts to run the magic that is in a draft section on something else um so yeah uh, I I really really like this um, as 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 just a utility app as well as an app that I use all the time
0: yeah it's just like another example of an app that just develop they give so much to shortcuts in terms of actions that you find yourself using even when you don't think you're using the drafts app drafts is still a, a piece of the shortcut you know recipe that makes something automate for you
1: uh so another one i'm going to mention don't worry david i'm going less nerdy now um a little bit less nerdy i know folks like uh shortcuts automations and um mac os is a little problematic when it comes to shortcuts automations. Uh, unless you've got shortery, because shortery shortcuts Automations for the Mac. That's it. That's 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 my whole pitch. Like I, I think that basically just sells it for most folks right there. Uh, yeah. because it's 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 shortcuts Automations, where where most folks, if they're gonna run shortcuts Automations, probably want them in the first place.
0: Yeah, it that makes no sense to me that we need this app, but mm. I'm glad we have this app, you know. Exactly. Right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like why? Why do I need this app? But also, thank you, thank you to the developer uh, whose whose name I've I've forgotten. It's now blurred out. Um, oh, unit number five. Um, yeah, they they they're they're not using um uh, like their their name name. They're using their company name. Um, but yeah, the this this app is is very very useful. Um, so I highly recommend it.
0: Why do you think Apple hasn't? G- I got to this. So I guess the question I should explain for people who aren't aware is you can add like personal automations to shortcuts on your iPhone and on your iPad and do cool stuff. And it's, and they have shortcuts on the Mac, but it doesn't have that button isn't there. You can't do it.
1: I, I, I feel like this is one of those things where, yeah, part of me wants. To, uh, part of me thinks that like it's something to do with like some Apple exec somewhere was just like, no, that's a step too far. We're not letting these cool kids do what they want. Um, <laughs> and then uh, you know, in response to the shortcuts team, and then another part of me thinks that like there was just an argument, and they spent six months trying to figure out what triggers they would have, and ended up with none of them because they had a list of seven thousand um, or something like that. Um, so yeah, I I I don't know what this uh, why why this doesn't exist uh on natively on macOS. I very much hope this app gets Sherlocked, not because I want the developer to to lose out, um, but because um I feel like, yeah, it would just make a lot of sense uh if it were uh Sherlocked, but it's currently just not even a thing.
0: Yeah, like as an example, in the Max Park Labs, I had a, a labs server write in for work, he's got a, a work app on his iPhone, and they want him to be on a VPN every time he logs in. And I'm like, well, if they do it right, you really don't need to be on a VPN. But he's like, yeah, but I need to because that's what work wants. So he has to go into the VPN app. He has to turn it on. Then he has to go load the app. And then when he's done with the app, he turns the VPN off. I'm like, well, that's an easy problem on the iPhone. You use shortcuts, automation. They have an application trigger. So when when you click on, when you open the work app, have it go to your VPN app of choice. There's, a, there's an action in shortcuts It says enable my VPN. I released a video on it to the lab members, showing them how to do this. And then you can have, when you exit the app, you can have it quit the VPN. All that's easy. That's not possible on the Mac. He wrote me back afterwards. Well, how about the Mac? I'm like, well, you got well, to buy it. The buy good news is,
1: is connecting to a VPN on the Mac, if it's using the native Mac OS um, networking, that yeah. is something that is available now in Ventura at least. Um, so it should also be available in Sonoma. But at yeah. the same time, like it, it wasn't there from the beginning and it's just, yeah. And then there were apps adding their own actions and then they didn't work on the Mac because they only wrote them for the iOS app and stuff like that. It's a whole, a whole thing. So, yeah.
0: But with Shorter, you get application triggers, wake up and sleep, the Wi-Fi trigger. I love the Wi-Fi trigger, right? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so you've got a bunch of these options available to you. I like that they've added a sunrise and sunset trigger. I'm not sure yeah. when I would use that, but it's cool that it exists, right? Yes. Yeah. Calendar yeah, exactly. events. That's a good one too. Calendar events. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, it's just um, not, yeah, yeah. It's
1: something is not available on iOS.
0: Yeah. So. Shortery. Well, um, yes.
1: Yeah, that's Shortery. Um, shall we? Shall we have a quick chat about some other useful um, Mac apps while we're here? Because. Um, Sharebot and MenuBot kind of have to be mentioned, right? Because, yeah. <laughs> like, so Apple kind of fixes this in Sonoma with um, Sharebot, at least, where, uh, or maybe it was even Ventura, where um, apps like uh, shortcuts are properly in your share sheet on macOS, but yeah. Sharebot got there first. Um, and so it definitely des- deserves a mention for that. And if you have any weirdness in Sonoma or you can't update to Sonoma or you, work won't let you update to Sonoma just yet or whatever, then you probably want to check out ShareBot so that all of the things that are in your share sheet on iOS, at least in shortcuts land, are also there on macOS. Um, so yeah, that's it, that. That's as simple as it gets, it puts shortcuts back in your share sheet, um, which is, you know, probably what you want. Um, and uh, the developer actually makes a whole host of little utility apps, including one called MenuBot, um, which does... Um, Better shortcuts, menu bar stuff. It's not um, necessarily focus mode contextual like focus cuts, but it it is better than the the native um, the native uh, shortcuts integration.
0: Yeah, uh, we and I think we can't talk about Jose without talking about Homebot.
1: Oh yeah, Homebot and Quiet Meat have to be like the two bonus recommendations, which aren't technically shortcuts apps, but they enable so much other automation that yeah, it it it's genuinely. It stuns me every single time that I look at. Um, so this is uh, Pedro Jose Pereira Vietto. I'm really really sorry if I pronounced your name incorrectly, uh, Pedro. But um, yeah, he he he's got so many, so many great apps. Yeah, like there's like an extension to Pass Harry is pages. another
0: one I've used. Yeah, yeah, Make Pass that's a great one. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So yeah, like just like Home even control. if you're there going, I'm I'm not sure about this. Like. Are you ever playing music and you just need it to like auto pause as you go into a meeting? Quiet meet. It exists. It works. Like he added um, support for a couple of other things based on my request, which was so appreciated uh, because uh, Teams didn't work really well um, to start with. And he he did a whole bunch of work to make Teams work for me, um, which I really appreciate. Um, and then work switched to Slack and now we switch back to Teams. So it works again. Um, so yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Homebot will let you like create uh, URL schemes. For for home kit stuff. So you can use it from your Stream Deck.
0: Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Great. All right. Uh, did we cover them all? I think there was a couple more. You you said um, oh you know, Quiet Meet, we got that one too. Well, there we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I mentioned that, that's that one. quite a list. That's quite a list. It
1: is. It is. Um, I think there are two other things that I would like to mention. Um, if you ever need to like download files um as part of like a shortcut and like keep them around for a bit, but you don't want to keep them around forever. Uh, you might want to put them into something like a shelf app, like Yoink, uh, which is a great shelf app for macOS and iOS and iPadOS. Um, and uh, yeah, it it will let you stick a file in there. It'll let you get files back uh, using shortcuts, all sorts of things. Um, and it, this is honestly one of those things where I just stick, stick a thing that I know I need to do a thing with. Like uh, if I download like a PDF or something, I'll put it there. And then when I've dealt with it, it'll just go away magically, which is perfect.
0: You know, I need I need to spend time with Yoink because i I've been using Drop Zone forever because I've just got it so automated. Like I've got the things where I can move oh, stuff I to both. folders. Yeah, uh, yeah. I use both. I use, I, both. Need to find I a use happy Drop Zone
1: voice. for action this thing right now, and I yeah. use Yoink for put this thing here while I do some stuff, and then I can grab it.
0: And you can grab it with a shortcut, which to me is irresistible. So I'm probably mm-hmm. going to have to go back into Yoink.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the, the developer is, is uh, of Yoink is great. He's made a whole bunch of um, useful apps, including um, some very nerdy developer ones. Um, Backlog is one of my favorites. Like whenever something weird happens on my Mac and I have to send like a developer a log, but I didn't have the console open, I'm like, Backlog, um, that, that app will save me every time so I can send folks um, some, some logs. Uh, another one that we've got to mention because uh, we would be doing a disservice to ourselves um, as well as the rest of the universe if we did not, Keyboard Maestro. Um Keyboard Maestro is so much more than a shortcuts utility app, but it can run shortcuts and it can be run from shortcuts and it can also do some other stuff as well like calculating things which can include like more than just calculating stuff. Um like it can filter um things and, and stuff as well like it's it, it it's yeah. Keyboard Maestro definitely deserves a mention. Um we can't talk about it now because we're going to run out of universe if we try and fit that into this podcast episode but yeah you should be checking it out
0: there's something fundamentally wrong if we have an automators episode and keyboard maestro didn't get mentioned once so there you go
1: yeah exactly
0: it's like it's like the people on Lost that got to type in the numbers every hour we got to mention keyboard maestro every episode
1: yes i also i've just realized david um i i'm i nearly did automators listeners a huge disservice i forgot to mention mail assistant um, now, this is an app that most people don't know exists. Um, but if you want to send Markdown format or, like, write an email in Markdown formatted text and then send it via shortcuts or, like, any kind of automation system on your Mac, um, it, like, there's no way of doing that. Like, it just doesn't work. So, Greg Pierce, developer of Drafts, created this little app called Mail Assistant. It's free to download and use. Um, and basically, it exists to allow you to send mail. Um properly using um drafts on the Mac um, yeah <laughs> and but it, it has a shortcuts action as well um and it will let you like ch- have a checkbox for it send this is HTML um and what to send it from and the subject and adding twos and ccs and Bccs and stuff so yeah mail assistant have to mention that
0: yeah how could we forget and he, Greg Pierce is such he is such a treasure to the automation community because he sees a problem and he just solves it and And he just keeps doing that. Yeah. All right. Well, look, this is quite a list. This was a really, it was a lot of fun. I I think in the future, if if you have questions about some of these specifically, let us know. Like if you try some and like an action isn't working right for you or whatnot, there is a feedback form at the Relay website. We want to do some more question and answer shows because I feel like those really help a lot of people. And we'd love you to let us know. If you're trying to implement these or do something and you think it should work and it's not, let us know. Because um, we've given you a lot today. Now go try and make something with it. And let us know how it goes.
1: Exactly. And, it, you know, it's so much fun diving into these apps as well. Um, that, you know, it's great. That said, I, I will say, you know, if you're going to send us a, a, a bug report for an app, uh, please make sure to send that to the developers of, of the app and there'll be like a contact button um, in in the app store um for all of the apps that we've mentioned so yeah and if you if you have any bugs related to alex's apps or focus cuts or push cut or something please don't send them to me uh send them to uh, the right email address because then they go into the right like buckets and get dealt with appropriately instead of landing in my inbox which currently has a very large number of unread emails i'm gonna have to figure out some kind of automation for that david
0: Uh. yeah well have to get on that rose Anyway, uh, we are the Automators Podcast. You can find us at relay.fm slash automators. We want to thank our sponsors this week, and that's our friends at ExpressVPN and TextExpander. On the Automators Max today, we're going to be talking about Rose's new implementation of OCR automation and travel. That is the ad-free extended version of the show. We'd love to have you join. You can do that also at relay.fm slash automators. Otherwise, have a great day, and we'll see you next time.
1: Goodbye, folks.